For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Three, two, and one. Hello, Raider Nation, and welcome to another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dennis Ackerman. This week, the Raiders head to Cleveland to take on the Browns. It used to be a trip to the dog pound was an easy win, but not this year. The Browns are 5-2, third place in the very tough AFC North. It's interesting. The Silver and Black have played well on the road, picking up two of their three wins. They actually have a better road record than home record. The Raiders beat the Carolina Panthers in the season opener, and three weeks ago, upset the Chiefs in KC. No surprise, the Raiders are two-and-a-half-point underdogs, despite the fact the Browns are down two of their top offensive weapons. Wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. is out for the season, and running back Nick Chubb, he could return sometime around mid-November. If you feel good about the Raiders continuing their success on the road, then you should head to betonline.ag and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. If you haven't been to the site, you're missing out. It is fantastic, Raider Nation. So do yourself a favor and check it out. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anything else online. And there's always the online casino as well. It's 24 action Three, two, and one. It's 24-7 action. Before we dive into a game preview, like I always do, I want to look at the series rivalry between the Raiders and the Browns. Three, two, and one. Before we dive into a game preview, let's take a look at the Raiders-Browns rivalry. The Silver and Black lead the all-time series 15-10 after winning the last two matchups including a high-scoring affair in 2018. The Raiders beat the Browns in Oakland by a score of 45-42. The last time the two met in Cleveland was 2015, and the Raiders won that one by a score of 27-20. The first meeting between these two franchises went as the 19-3-2-1. The first meeting between these two franchises was in 1970, the first year of the AFL-NFL merger, and the Raiders were victorious. They've met twice in the playoffs, and the most memorable game, January the 4th, 1981, a divisional round matchup in Cleveland. The Raiders were fresh off a wild card win over the Houston Oilers. The game time temperature, four degrees. The wind chill, minus 16. It was the coldest game since the infamous Ice Bowl in Green Bay. It was a low-scoring affair, 
with the Raiders clinging to a 14-12 lead late in the fourth quarter. The Browns had the ball on their own 24-yard line. Browns quarterback Brian Seip led Cleveland down the field to the Raiders' 13. Browns called timeout, 49 seconds to play. I mean, I remember that game vividly to this day. I was sitting on the couch watching the game by myself and thinking the Browns, they're going to run one more play after the timeout, and then Cleveland kicker Don Cockroft will boot a game-winning field goal, and the Raiders' season is going to be over. But Cockroft was having a tough afternoon. He had already missed two field goals, and he had an extra point blocked. So, Browns coach Sam Ritigliano decided to call a pass play. It was red slot right, halfback stay, 88. And Ritigliano told Sype, throw it in Lake Erie if nobody was open. Well, Sype tried to force a pass to tight end Ozzie Newsom in the end zone, but Raiders safety Mike Davis intercepted the pass, sealing the win for the Raiders and ending Cleveland's season. You know, watching it on TV, it was hard to see Davis made the interception. But then you see the Raider players starting to celebrate in the end zone. And announcer Don Crickey says the pass was intercepted. I mean, I couldn't believe it. What seemed like a surefire loss was another example how the Raiders used to pull victories out of the jaws of defeat. The Raiders would beat the Chargers the following week in San Diego in the AFC Championship game. And then they capped off a Cinderella season, hammering the Philadelphia Eagles in Super Bowl 15 in New Orleans. The Raiders became the first wildcard team to win a Super Bowl. But it never would have happened if it wasn't for the win over the Browns in the game that became known as Red Right 88. Okay, time to look at Sunday's matchup now. Following the loss to the Buccaneers, Raiders coach John Gruden has made a point of emphasis to improve the team's anemic pass rush. The Raiders have just seven sacks this season, and against the Bucs, pass rush didn't even sniff quarterback Tom Brady. Now, Gruden has promised changes, but it's not going to be what everyone was hoping for. Defensive coordinator Paul Gunther isn't going anywhere. I said following the Tampa game, Gunther's going to remain there for the season. And if changes are going to happen, it's going to come on the field in terms of personnel. I mean, listen to these numbers. The Raiders' defense has surrendered 190 points. Despite the fact they shelled out nearly $60 million in guaranteed money to the likes of linebackers Corey Littleton and Nick Kwiatkowski, defensive lineman Carl Nassib and Malik Collins. You're not going to believe this, Raider Nation. The four of them? They have a combined five tackles for loss, half a sack, and zero picks. That's four players that have combined for those numbers. I mean, if you're shelling out that kind of money, you expect a lot more for your return. The defense ranks near the bottom of the league in several defensive categories, including scoring, sacks, and takeaways. Now, there is some good news. Safety Jonathan Abram is set to return after missing the Tampa Bay game because of COVID contract tracing. Defensive lineman Arden Key has missed practice on Thursday, and actually he hasn't practiced all week. So I'm sure he's likely not going to play on Sunday. 
But let's face facts. The three-year vet out of LSU has yet to record a sack this year. So if he doesn't play, it's not like the Raiders are missing out on some valuable production. If the Raiders defense continues to struggle against the Browns, it's going to be a long, lonely plane ride home because the Cleveland offense ranks 10th in the NFL, despite the fact they lost two weapons I talked about earlier. Quarterback Baker Mayfield still has plenty of weapons like running back Kareem Hunt, wide receiver Jarvis Landry, tight ends Austin Hooper, and David Njoku. I mean, you got to give a lot of credit to first-year head coach Kevin Stefanski. He's retooled that offense, getting it to play to its strength. And that strength is the running game. I mean, I remember there was a lot of eyebrows raised when the Browns hired him. But you cannot deny he's done a great job not only with the offense, but with this entire franchise. The last time they were over 500 this late in a season, 2014, when they were 6-3. and three. They finished the season 7-9. and nine. Does that sound familiar, Raider Nation? The last time the Browns finished with a winning record, 2007. I mean, you think the Raiders have had some lean years? It pales in comparison to what Brown fans have had to endure. Let's go over the offensive side of the football for the Raiders. Now, the running game was supposed to be a strength this season. But after Josh Jacobs gained just 17 yards on 10 carries against the Bucks, his average yards per carry is way down from a year ago. Last year in 13 games, he averaged nearly five yards a rush. Compare that to just 3.4 this year. So there's growing concern why it struggled lately. I mean, you can make the case the offensive line has been in constant flux through the first six games. The projected starting O-line of Miller, Incognito, Hudson, Jackson, and Brown, they've played a total of three snaps together. I mean, plus the O-line didn't practice all week leading up to the Bucs game. And give Tampa credit. They are one of the best run defenses in the NFL. But I think another alerting stat that kind of jumps out, Jacob's longest run of the year, just 16 yards. I mean, that's through three, six, three, two, and one. I think another alarming stat that really jumps out, Jacob's longest run of the year is just 16 yards. Through six games in 2019, he already had runs of 42 and 51. I mean, that is a far cry from what we've seen so far this year. And according to Josh Dubow, the stat wizard from AP, Jacobs has the most rushing attempts this season without a 20-yard gain, 116. The next closest is the ageless wonder Frank Gore, who's playing for the hapless New York Jets. He has 86 attempts. Here's what Gruden and Jacobs both had to say about the running game. Okay, Gruden sound, Jacobs sound. That takes a sip. Pick it back up. The Browns defense gives up a lot of points but they're actually very good against the run, ranking fifth in the NFL, allowing just under 93 yards a game. Hopefully, some reinforcements are on the way to help the Raiders' run game. Gruden said he hoped to have Trent Brown back in the building once he's cleared 
COVID-19 testing, and he wouldn't rule him out against him playing Sunday against the Browns. Wide receiver Brian Edwards, who's been nursing a sore ankle, he practiced in limited capacity, but he's not likely to see any time on Sunday. Despite the issues with the offensive line and the running game, three, two, and one. Despite the issues with the offensive line and the running game not what it was a year ago, the Raiders' passing game has really grown by leaps and bounds this year. Quarterback David Carr is average three, two, and one. Quarterback Derek Carr is averaging career highs in completion percentage and yards per attempt. He's thrown for nearly 1,800 yards and 13 touchdowns while throwing just two picks. But another area I think he's really improved on, and I shared this on a radio show I was on earlier this week, Derek is making plays with his legs and extending drives where before he possibly would check it down or maybe even throw it away. But seven times this season, he has scrambled for first downs. I mean, Raider Nation, I can't remember the last time Carr rushed that many times for first downs. Now, I know this is something Gruden has been hammering Carr on since he got there in 2018. Well, it's apparently paying off because right now, Derek Carr has become a legitimate dual-threat quarterback. Relax, Raider Nation. I said that tongue-in-cheek. We all know Carr is your classic drop-back passer, but he's using his legs a little more this season. And here's Derek on his improved mobility. Okay, here's a few keys to beating the Browns on Sunday. Take advantage of the Browns' defense, which is an interesting case study. Cleveland leads the league in takeaways with 14, but they're allowing almost 32 points a game, which is one of the worst in the league. So this one could be a very high-scoring affair. Second, know where Miles Garrett is at all times. I mean, you can make a strong argument. He is the league three, two, and one. You can make a strong argument. He's the league's defensive player of the year. He leads the NFL in sacks with nine. That's one ahead of the Rams' Aaron Donald. He has a sack in six straight games, which is the longest active streak in the league. It's also the longest streak in franchise history. But keep in mind, this is very interesting. The sack didn't become an official stat until 1982. And I'm not sure why the league waited so long to do that. It seems like there's stats for everything. But the way Garrett is performing, three, two, and one. The way Garrett is performing and how bad Cleveland's defense is, well, you could make the comparison to when the Raiders had Khalil Mack and he was putting up some huge numbers but the overall defense wasn't particularly good. The Raiders' offensive line has got to do a better job of opening up holes for Josh Jacobs and keep Derek Carr upright. I know the O-line didn't practice all week leading up to the Tampa game, and it was quite evident as Carr was sacked three times and hit another five times. All right, get Henry Ruggs the third involved in the passing game early and often. 
Get him touches either through the pass or the run game. I don't care how you do it. Just get him involved in the offense. Against the Chiefs, he had two receptions, including a 72-yard touchdown. Now, I know it's not a lot of catches, but the defense has to adjust because in the back of their mind, they're thinking, we can't let Ruggs get behind us because he has the speed to take it to the house every time he touches the rock. Against Tampa Bay, he had a quiet afternoon. It was a non-factor. The Raiders are at their best when they can stretch the field, control the clock, and create a turnover. They got all three of those against the Chiefs, and that's why they were victorious. All right, let's see how the Raiders come out and play this defensively. The Browns are without Odell Beckham Jr. Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield said as much earlier in the week that he expects teams to give them different looks now. Beckham was injured on the Browns' second offensive snap of the game against the Bengals. Mayfield started that game 0 for 5. And then, man, did he heat up. He completed a franchise record 21 straight passes. That also included five touchdowns. I mean, the Browns still have the weapons. Wide receiver Jarvis Landry. Tied in Austin Hooper. And they're led by three, two, and one. The Browns still have a lot of weapons, including wide receiver Jarvis Landry. Tied in Austin Hooper and former chief running back Kareem Hunt. The Browns are a run-first team. They're third in the league, averaging nearly 160 yards a game and over five yards a carry. If the ground game is effective, then that sets up the play-action pass. And if Baker Mayfield has time to sit in the pocket, then it's going to be a long day for the silver and black secondary. It will help safety Jonathan Abram is back, and that's not going to be enough to offset the lack of a pass rush. Here's Chucky's thought. Three, two, one. Here's Chucky's thoughts on the Cleveland offense. As Gruden says, it starts with the run game. And despite all the Raiders' defensive issues, they've actually three, two, and one. As Gruden says, it all starts with the Browns' run game. And despite all the Raiders' defensive woes, they actually haven't been that bad against the run. They rank near the middle of the league in terms of numbers, giving up about 120 yards a game on the ground. I briefly talked about Baker Mayfield's numbers earlier, but keep in mind, Raider Nation, he doesn't have a good record against teams with a winning percentage, just 5-12. and 12. And five of his career wins? Come against the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, the Raiders have been Jekyll and Hyde so far this season. I think this is a definitely a winnable game for the Silver and Black. But let's see which team shows up this Sunday in Cleveland. It's supposed to be cold and rainy. It's a 10 a.m. Pacific start time, and you can watch it on your local Fox affiliate. Yes, that's right. It's a Fox game, even though CBS has the AFC package. All right, Raider Nation, that's going to do it for this edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dennis Ackerman. Thanks so much for listening.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.